everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I am your humble, gracious, and sexy host, Daniel Hummer. I'm here with my brother, Doug. Yo. I'm here with our good friend, Eric. What up, people? Not much. Uh, on this episode of Unscripted Wrestling, we have our first edition of a new thing we're doing, War Drums. Uh, Pitten. Well, we're going again, uh, going back to the Monday Night War and kind of reviewing WWF Raw and WCW Nitro. From the date of four fourteenth ninety seven, April fourteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Later that year, a legend would be born. Me. Yes. Oh yeah. You prick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Eric, it's okay that you didn't. Get it, but since <laughs> I you happen made, to like be... a sinking face too, yeah. you dickhead. No, nah, I, I thought you water, meant Stone like... Cold. Stone Cold was born in nineteen ninety seven. The character made. Well, no, actually, no. The character was born in '96. Yeah. Uh, oh. It was going to be a fun one. It was fun watching both episodes, uh, and it'll be fun kind of comparing and giving our ratings and see what we liked, what we didn't like, and all that fun stuff. Before we get all into all that, let's go to Doug with the plugs. All right. Make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart, the Dirt Sheet Dudes, every Wednesday night. Mixler.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. About 10, 15, 10, 20 years Eastern time. To be, they can be found on all major podcast platforms. Uh, when Smark is unavailable to be on, a.k.a. drunk, uh, then Eric will be on. But uh, Smark has been attending his AA classes and has been very good lately, so he has been on. Uh, listen, and then, of course, listen to them Saturday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on blogtalkradio.com slash Hollywood Hangout for the Hollywood Hangout. Uh, I'm not sure if they're doing a show tomorrow. Uh, Eric only talks to them on a regular basis. I only talk to them when I need to. Uh, you said Black oh. Talk. Oh, on uh, Mixler.com slash Hollywood Hangout. Don't look for them here on Blog Talk. I mean, this is $40 a month. I ain't going to pay that. Uh, that would be a kick your ass next time you see it. I know, right? He's in Texas. Uh, so, um, make sure you listen to them. Listen to us <laughs> Friday night, 6 30 p.m. Eastern Time here on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Uh, for the unscripted wrestling podcast, of course, tonight is the first episode of War Drums which war drums get played every time uh, we go to the dinner table. Or the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say the bedroom, but <laughs> not me. Uh, and of course, next week here on the podcast will be a rivalry retrospective of John Cena and Edge. Yes. Of course, next Saturday. I cannot wait for that one. Next Saturday is John Cena's birthday. He shares it with an ugly bastard. Actually, two ugly bastards, because he shares it with both myself and Tony Atlas. Uh, Tony Atlas was handsome. Oh, was... I thought you were talking about... Never mind. No. Uh, I can't mention the name you think I'm going to mention, because we'll get in more trouble. Uh, Who is it? I'm not going <laughs> to say No, don't do it. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll text it to you. Well, actually, Eric, you already know. Uh, yeah. But um, so that is next Friday, and then April 29th, we're gonna have a special episode. We're gonna date. We're gonna have our first ever 
unscripted lethal lottery slash battle bowl. Yes, sir. Uh, we're each picking 15 names. Eric Daniel and I already have. Uh, Clintus has to, uh, whether he wants to or not. Um, and then that'll put 60 names that we're going to draw. So we're going to draw 30 tag teams for 15 tag team matches. Yeah. Then we're going to, obviously, we're going to book the winners. Yes. And then put them in a battle bowl, battle royal, and then decide who's going to win that. So we've already got some fun names picked. Uh, Daniel picked Scotty Tuhati and Big Cat Ernie Lad. <laughs> Very similar. Uh, but uh, so that'll be coming up in two weeks, and then I'll update everybody on what we're going to be doing in the month of May. One, when it gets closer, and two, once I figure it out. Tomorrow night. 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Daniel and I will be here for Unscripted Unlimited. And we are going to be talking Justice League, Throne of Atlantis, and The Peacemaker. Yes. Uh, We had a lot of fun watching both those things. Exactly. So Daniel and I will be reviewing it. There will be no Unscripted Unlimited uh, next Saturday because it'll be my birthday, and Eric and I will be too busy giving each other lap dances. Uh, that went over like, <laughs> yeah, that went over like a Spartan church. Uh, Daniel just looked at me. He, Daniel either gave me the look of, why did you say that on air, or why didn't you mention my name? Uh, Where's my advice? Um, anyway. It's bullshit. Uh, it's fucking yeah. bullshit. Now... Sunday, even though Easter is on Sunday, is there still going to be a uh, stab cast? This Sunday? Yes. Yes. Okay. The Boogeyman Retrospective. The Boogeyman Retrospective. This, of course, is the Boogeyman movie. Not, uh... <laughs> not the wrestling. Not. Okay. The Boogeyman movie retrospective, one and two. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. Me and Mindy are going to dive deep into the movies. Deep, very deep, balls deep. And we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> and the people are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to raise the gas price. <laughs> Technically, gonna, Biden raised it. Yeah, we're going to lower the gas prices. The gas prices are the best they've ever been. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that. Oh, make sure you listen to or check out our buddy Sean, uh, a future papa. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, he has a future dad. I think Pablo would be grandpa. Uh, it depends. Uh, check him out on YouTube, Elite Diplodoc. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Am I missing anybody? No. no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it, boys. Get Wardrobe. the drums running. <laughs> Let's get right into it. So let, let's well, I mean, I could take Play my, your game. I could take my shirt off, and we could do it on my belly. Or I could take my pants off. Well, never mind. But uh, wardrobe's number I'm one. Not patting your butt. It's <laughs> the first time you've ever turned that down. Uh, April fourteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Raw and Nitro. Uh, this is fun. This is something I kind of wanted to try on the show. Uh, let's go back and see which episode was really better. Uh, this took place on the same night. One's live, one's not. Well, you wanted to try this on the show because we were told we couldn't do weed. So we had to try <laughs> something different. 
Uh, God, yeah. I'm striking out. <laughs> the Godwins uh, open up Raw. <laughs> uh, Doing worse on here than I do on dating sites. <laughs> we got a couple matches. Uh, Raw takes place one in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Where's the other location? Does it decide the cast? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you don't remember. No, I do not remember. Well, the majority of it took place in South Africa. Yeah, they had two matches in uh, the uh, United States location. <laughs> you don't know something. Yeah. Oh, be damn. Uh, and Nitro, of course. I'm on my phone while we <laughs> Nitro takes place in the core state spectrum in Philadelphia, PA, hometown crowd. Yeah. Eric was there. Hell yeah. (laughs) And we had a good time. I was there, too. You weren't even born yet. I was conceived at this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was when the Flyers were running the city. Yeah. And the jet. That's why Public Public Enemy had on Flyers jerseys and not Eagles (laughs) jerseys. Yep. Uh, let's start with Raw. I mean, Raw was kind of, uh, this is kind of the period where they're getting close to the Attitude Era. Get into it, Doug. They're getting close to the Attitude Era. They're still stuck in, because they still have, like, the characters that are, like, they're starting to be less and less cartoony. Uh, like the Godwins, who were really part of that gimmicky, you know, phrase. They're starting to get an edge to them. Uh, and like you're starting to, you know, see guys' attitudes change, you know, Bret Hart's attitude changes, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the people are really getting behind him, even though he wants everybody to go fuck themselves, uh, you know, perfectly, you know, understandable as to why, but, uh, and then... Like, you also have, you know, Undertaker's the champion. You know, the week before, Undertaker had a fireball thrown in his face. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's just, they're getting there, but they're still getting their asses kicked by WCW because not many people really give a shit yet. Yeah. Because the company is technically, like, you still have Brad on top, you still have Sean on top. Okay. Still have Brett on top. Still have Sean on top. Uh, Sid, when he's not playing softball. Uh, Undertaker. You know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, Brett, uh, Brett, Sean, Undertaker, and Sid. It's just, you know, they couldn't really, as loyal as they were at that time, they just couldn't draw. But you had other guys coming up. Like, you had Rock on this show. You had... Uh, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley on this show. You had a few, the future Raw Dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Savio Vega, main eventer, in the, main eventer anywhere in the country. Uh, you know, you had Vader on this show, Mankind. But, like, when your main event is Ahmed Johnson and Crush, and you're running it up against a, a main event that is Lex Luger, and uh, and Kevin Nash, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to beat that. 
Yeah, I will say, and we'll go into the first match, and we'll we'll kind of drift back and forth here. But uh, I will say, Raw just felt a little behind. You know, I know they were starting to get there, but like, I really enjoyed this Nitro, and uh, this Raw just kind of lagged a little bit for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. It, it, it's boring. Yeah, it was it's a little like boring. Five Raw. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought. I thought it was a little boring. I thought it dragged a little bit. Let's get into the first match. We got the Godwins against the Legion of Doom. Okay. So, they're can both say, babies. Can I say something? Go ahead. And this was a go-home show, too. Um, let's not uh, forget this. For uh, In Your House, right? Yeah, for In Your House, Revenge of the Taker. Which is a weird In Your House, I have to say. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, Sorry. Well, I mean, they all really had to have gimmick names instead of saying, like, In Your House, like, 1, In Your House 2, In Your House 54. Yeah, you know, they had Rock Bottom and Generation yeah. X. I mean, like, and they named this one after The Undertaker because, you know, Undertaker is the champion. And exactly. it, wasn't a bad, it wasn't really a bad In Your House. I mean, you had Undertaker, Mankind... And Austin and Hart working on top. You had Legion of Doom yeah. taking on Owen and Davey. I mean, you had other matches there that, like, you know, who cares? But there was something, though. Yeah. Uh, this kind of was – it just – a lot of this – it felt like like a lot of the talent I like on here. And uh, some of these matches I thought would work a little more than they did – the Godwins and Legion of Doom is one of those matches. I thought this was a good uh, power against power type team, two, like a bunch of big guys going at it. Yeah. So you don't expect a technical masterpiece or anything. But for what it was, I really didn't uh, – I, I mean, the crowd wasn't into it. Didn't seem to be. There wasn't too much heat. Uh, Legion of Doom, like, got, got little pops, but they seemed a little past their prime at this point. Yeah, the Road Warrior pop really didn't exist anymore. Yeah. And the Godwins, because of, you know, Owen and Bulldog coming in at the end, they kind of got turned into heels, even though they're not. Yeah, not yet. And they just kind of like... The turn would come. And the Southern Justice, right? Uh, No, they would be... They would still be the Godwins for like another year, and then they turned into Southern Justice in like June of 98. Okay. But yeah... I uh, this match for me it was an all right opener but I didn't really think too much of it I thought it was a, a, a less than decent kind of like mediocre at best just I, I give it like four stars out of ten I didn't th- think much. actually I go three Eric what was your take on it I, I thought it was an all right um, opener for what it was um, as you said the crowd wasn't into it felt like it dragged a little bit but. I give it a two. So this match and the Godwins and the Legion of Doom, they had a really good, you know, they had a few going on. But, like, if you really look at it, if you dissect it, the matches really weren't that good. Right. I mean, I would give this one a four, mainly because I am a fan of both teams. Yeah. And, like, but, you know, expectations were really high here. I mean, the best match they actually had against each other was the match where they broke Henry's neck. Right. Uh, 
other than that, like it was just like it was blah. All right, now let's go to the other channel for the opener. Uh, I would like a few more matches, so we'll stay out of here for a little longer. But Chris Benoit and the Barbarian. This doesn't go too long, but I thought for what it was, it was actually pretty hard hitting, and it was a pretty good opening match. Uh, I thought the promo after was pretty dog shit. Benoit is a baby face. His promos are bad. But uh, I, I thought the man, him and Barbarian are two stiff workers, and it's kind of cool watching them go at it. Yeah, and plus there's a story here. Benoit's got an issue with the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, yep. And, um, like, so him coming out and a barbarian who was technically getting, you know, Lord help us pushed at the time. Right. You know, him and Ming both. Uh, Benoit had really good chemistry with larger opponents. Yeah. I mean, I thought. And I, you know, it was. To me, it was a good match. Yes, it wasn't a good promo, but afterwards, like when they were beating him up, and then Mongo and Jarrett came out at the end. Right. Uh, you know, they came out at the end like as you know the Dungeon of Doom was leaving. Uh, probably because Mongo probably tripped on his way out there, and Jeff Jarrett's useless. Uh, uh Jeff Jarrett, like, I know there's been worse horsemen out there. But Jeff Jarrett has got to be, like, at the top of, like, the worst horseman ever. Yeah, I think he is probably the worst horseman ever. I mean, up there with up there with Deborah. Actually, no, Deborah, Deborah was good as a horseman, uh, well, a horseman valet because she was really good at getting heat, but not because, like, she was a great talker or anything like that. It was that everybody knew she was a gold-digging bitch, and they wanted her out their fucking TV screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll get in more into that, uh, into her, you know, well, we won't get into her, uh, too many people already <laughs> have, but, uh, we'll get more into like her heat later. Uh, but no, I mean, this was, a, I mean, I would give this opening match, even though it only went, you know, two and a half minutes, I would still give it a five. Yeah, I'd go five too. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was better than an opening match at. Then wrong. Yeah. Which is weird because here, like, they, it, the matches on Nitro really didn't go long. Yeah. The matches on Raw went long, but that's because, like, they were trying to, you know, pack a lot of action in those matches. Here, they were just trying to get so many matches on the card. It was short and sweet, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a really good opener. I thought it, it – I, I like the commentary team better on this, too. JR and uh, – as much as JR and Honky, uh, I like Shivani Heenan today. Yeah. I mean, in, in this first hour of Nitro, it was obviously Shivani and Zabisco, and Zabisco could be funny, too. Yeah, he was funny. He was the man. He was in the go-home show for their pay-per-view, right? For, uh, no, the pay-per-view yeah, Spring oh. Stampede had already happened. Slamboree was like a okay. month. Uh, it was like a month ahead of time. Uh, but yeah, uh, so let's go on to Dean Malenko and Hector Guerrero. Dean Malenko has a beef with the Guerreros. He's the champion. He's a dick. 
Hector's a little older, but that's okay. And this for the U.S. championship goes about three minutes, 250. Was Dean really a dick, though? He was more like a tweener. He was more like no nonsense. I don't like Eddie Guerrero. So I'm in there with his brother. Uh, His brother obviously loves him. So because he loves somebody I hate, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, but I mean, he really didn't beat the shit out of him. It was it was a very good chain wrestling match until Malenko hit the double underhook, and then the clover leaf. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say he was being a dick. It was a good chain wrestling match. I think the only thing I would say, and I said this last night, uh, I think Dean was just a little better than Hector at the time. I think Hector was getting old. It was getting a little like he was done, and Dean was like at his prime at that moment. So yeah. that the only that's my only issue with the match is it's I think Dean was carrying the load. It seemed like yeah. Well, and you got to remember too, uh, you know they always talk about all oh, there's so many Guerreros and all that. Uh, the funny thing is is that Chavo Chavo Senior Mondo and Hector were all the same age. Eddie, or you know how like Mindy and I are like only four years apart and then you came much, much later. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the same thing. Like you're the, you're the Eddie of, you know, our family. Did you knock my phone over? Uh, but, uh, wait, so like, you know, Eddie came much later and, you know, Chavo, you know, Junior, Chavo's senior son, uh, you know, he was born just like three years after Eddie. So, you know, all the other Guerreros are just technically in adulthood. And uh, then you have Eddie come in. So, like, yeah, Eddie was kind of in the prime of his career, but because the Guerreros were so much older, or the other Guerreros were so much older, it was... Uh, yeah, you know, but like they had to have other Guerreros for Dean to work with. They couldn't just be, you know, Chavo coming out to try to, or Chavo Jr. coming out to try to avenge Eddie. Yeah. Like Hector had to come in. I mean, Chavo Sr. and Mondo, Mondo was pretty much done. Yeah. Like he didn't want to be. He had had it. Yeah. He, he was pretty much done. He was okay sitting in a, uh, sitting in a recliner eating Doritos. Or, you know, whatever he decided to eat. But, uh, like, Hector still was passionate about being in the wrestling business. Uh, Obviously, Chavo Jr., Eddie was hurt at the time. So this was kind of a way to just just keep the storyline going while uh, Eddie was hurt. Yeah. And I think it did a good job at that. Uh, I'd I'd give this match a six out of ten. I think this was above average. I think both guys kind of worked hard for the time limit. I got five and a half. Yep. And Eddie coming out was deep, so I go six and a half. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll stay on WCW for right now. Uh. And then we'll we'll go back to Raw. Next up, we have Rey Mysterio Jr. against Hoovy. Hoovy 2 Guerrero. Uh, always a decent match. I mean, it didn't go very long, but 
a fun time, good cruiserweight action. Ray hit a pretty bad, uh, like, botch, like, drop kick botch, and then he kind of, like, made up for it with that hell of a Huracarana uh, Steiner, whatever yeah. the fuck. And, uh, the, but that was, like, picture perfect, that finish. Well, what was funny is that, like, and this is, like, commentators nowadays are not necessarily allowed to point out the botches. Uh because, like, if you point out, like, somebody botching, you're going to get yelled at by Vince McMahon, even though his company is one big botch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mainly because he's still alive and running it. But, like, in WCW, Tony and Larry, because they didn't want to come off as stupid, even though, like, in the later years, like, Bischoff made Tony come off as stupid. So, like, you could say Zabisco... He didn't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. So if somebody bought something, they were going to point it out. So, like, when Zabisco said, oh, they're not really connecting, and then, like, right after he says that, Ray connects. Yeah. He's like, that one did? Oh, God. Yeah. But, like, it's just, I mean, these guys, they always had really good chemistry. It's just that, like, when you're kind of doing, like, that car crash yeah, you know, high spot style. Yeah. yeah. It it's very hard to nail every spot spot on. Even the dumb fucks nowadays, they can't hit every spot. Yeah. Uh that's why, you know, you know, they turned heel and like they're doing the low blows, which basically is just, you know, Matt Jackson tickling the man's testicles. But uh <laughs> um but, like, you know, even they're not perfect. They'll tell you they're perfect, and then you know that they're fucking liars. So they're wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, nobody's – when you're working that kind of style, it's not always – you know, not everything's going to be picture perfect. Yeah, that's why, like, RVD was very uh, reckless. Yeah, RVD was very reckless. I mean, like, when he would kick you in the face. Nine times out of ten, your teeth would fall out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, or he would give you a black eye or something like that. Or break a jaw. But, like, you you have to be careful working that style. When 90% of your offense comes off the top rope, you're very lucky, you're very lucky if you nail – well, to be honest with you, you're lucky if you nail 60% of that offense. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, what was your take on it? I thought it was just solid match. These two uh, always put on uh, some good matches, so I give it a um, solid six. I mean, I would go six and a half. I go. I would actually go seven for this one because I thought it was fun. It, it was. It kept me in. It was interesting. Uh, I, Nitro. Uh, one thing I will say about Nitro this episode, and I will give a lot of credit for. Uh, there wasn't too much NWO presence in it. It was a little bit, I mean, at the end and stuff, but there was a lot of other factors, and a lot of it was just kind of wrestling matches and, you know, like cruiserweight action and TV title action. It it was a lot of fun, and it wasn't all uh, NWO fucking people up like previous episodes. Right. And, like, you know, episodes, because, like, now they're starting to realize, okay, 
you know, Bischoff is starting to realize, and if, if we get away from him later on when Kevin Nash took the book, uh, but like Bischoff started to realize, okay, it doesn't just have to be NWO. Let's give these other people a shot. Mm. Uh, let's see what they can do. And, you know, if we have to go back to NWO, we'll go back to it later. But like, and also too, you have two hours and you have a hundred people on your roster. Right. And more than, you know, back in the day, and Barry Horowitz said this when he was on our show, right? Yeah. When you work for the company, or when you work for a wrestling company, and they're doing a TV or a pay-per-view or whatever, or any kind of taping, even if you don't think you're going to be booked, go. Because, like, you know, you know, Nitro had two dark matches. Before, you know, they went on air. I Ice Train and Joe Gomez taking on the extreme. Uh, Devin Storm and Ace Darling. And it was basically like, it was probably just Bischoff saying, all right, go out there. You're not going to be on camera, but, you know, Ice Train's pretty hot. So let's just take it out there. And then, you know. Uh, <laughs> looking at the cat. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Medusa and Luna, who that was actually a storyline. You know, they went out and they wrestled a dark match. But the point is, is that, you know, when you're on. Uh, don't worry, me. Just keep doing what you're doing. What I'm doing here, arm movements. Well, get out of the. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is uh, this is what I do. Get your fucking arm out of the way. Uh, you're not Italian. So I don't know. This is what I do. Leave me alone. Well, leave me alone because this is what I do. All right. Well, keep going. Finish your thought. Uh, I'm gonna backhand the phone out of her hand. Uh, but like, when you have, yeah, doing that in the middle of the fucking show. Um. Come on. But, uh, like, the thing is, when you are on that, uh, when you're part of that company, you have to go to the show even if you don't think you're needed. Yeah. Because, and it didn't matter, like, you know, who was there. It didn't matter what the storylines were. Bischoff usually just went out and picked and said, okay, this is what you're going to we need you to go out there do this. We need you to go out there to do that. It was it, there was no planning involved. It was just whoever you basically saw in the locker room. All right, let's go over to the other channel. Uh, let's Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Jesse James, the roadie. Well, not the roadie anymore, but uh, real double J. Yeah. Uh, this match sucked. <laughs> it went about fifteen minutes. It was pretty boring. It went about ten minutes too long. There's no reason why this match couldn't have gone five fucking minutes. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, the road dog and this was before DS, obviously. How long before this was D, before DX? Uh, before road dog was part of DX, it was like a year. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, before road dog. But this this wasn't this wasn't officially. DX, was it? Well, yeah. DX hadn't been formed yet, no. But, um... Yeah. This is the young... 
on uh, Triple H. He was still going right. by uh, Hunter Hearst. Yeah, he was still Hemsley. going by Hunter Hearst. Honestly, he had China with him. And this is kind of still. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was an okay match. I give it a four. I give it a two. The match sucked. <laughs> I give it a two too. He was Jesse James should not go fifteen minutes, and Helmsley was not at the point yet to where he could go fifteen minutes with anybody. Yeah. I mean, he could go fifteen minutes like if him and Undertaker had to do it, or him and Brett had to do it. Not fucking Double J. <laughs> the real Double J. Yeah, they were still both green in the in the ring. Yeah, and James, I mean, Helmsley was getting it. was getting better. James never really did. He was more of a promo. Yeah, maybe four so, is too nice, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> so yeah, so Raw's sucking so far. Let's go back to WCW. Ultimo Dragon with the great Sonny Ono, uh, Discount Fuji, uh. Against what was it? What was his nickname? Lane Carlson. Lane Carlson or Lenny Lane, as he would become known later on. You know, calling, uh, comparing Sonny Ono at all to Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji's going to haunt you now. I said he was discount. Yeah, well, still like, doesn't matter. Like you cannot. uh, Like there's no comparison. I mean, he was probably trying to be Mr. Fuji, but he couldn't even be Mr. Fuji's poop. I thought he was good. Wow. I love Sonny. Sonny oh, him. he was absolute <laughs> dog shit. He was a great manager. Like, uh, I, I love how, like, he would always interfere in Medusa's matches, even though, like, on a <clears throat> any day of the week, Medusa could just pick him up and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. But even though he was Bischoff's boy, like, he just got... You know, if for some reason he got so much camera time and he was allowed to get over, which the only thing I would put him over is a cliff. I think Sonny was a pretty good manager. Oh, he was dog shit. <laughs> I liked him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Dragon Wait, aren't you friends a- with him on Facebook? Uh, probably not anymore. <laughs> friends with him on Facebook. Okay? Yes, I am. <laughs> you little hulk. <laughs> you out here talking shit about him. We don't need it, Sonny. Is uh, Sonny Ono still with us? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. Uh, I guess we're never, we're never going to have him on the show. Uh, actually, no, that might not be the truth. It depends on how bad I really hate him. Because, you know, Test is dead and I still don't get him. the fuck down. Uh, uh, Ultimo Dragon Class Act, one of the greatest cruiserweights of all time. I know this for the TV title, but it was phenomenal. I would give this a six stars. Don't know Lynn Carlson. Don't care to know him, but I thought Ultimo Dragon was awesome. He was. He did a gimmick with uh, Lodi in like '99, to where like they were like together. Uh, but JJ Dillon mistakenly thought that they were brothers, uh, which. I don't know of two brothers uh, that would give each other a nice ball rub before a match. <laughs> uh, don't look I, at me. I, <laughs> uh, so, like, I don't know if that's, like, I don't know why that would classify anybody as a, uh, any two guys as brothers, you know, when you're tickling a tank. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, JJ was getting old, and you know, kind of out there. Uh, and plus, going out to going out to drink every night for six years with Ric Flair really does some damage to your brain. Makes you want to tickle tags. Uh, I mean, I don't know if uh, Dylan wanted to tickle tags. <laughs> Rick Flair might not might now because he's been married to five women and none of them have worked out, so he might as well switch teams. <laughs> what would you oh yeah, wow. Uh, we're still on Ultimate <laughs> Dragon and, and Lane Carlson, right? I would give it a five. E nasty. I'm giving it a seven. Okay. Okay. How about you? Uh. But you said six, right? Yeah, I gave it a six. Uh, I went on a rant, and I still listened to you. <laughs> now let's go to six. <laughs> uh, Is this a six match on the card? <laughs> it might be, but it's six wrestling. Uh, six against Prince Ikea for the WCW World Cruiserweight Championship. I hate Prince Ikea. I've never liked his work. But I enjoy six. I thought this match was all right. Uh, it, it had a lot of cool flips and fun stuff in it. Six was uh, it's really cool. good. Yeah. And six was really good around this time. I give it a five out of ten. Well, the funny thing about Prince IAK, he was trained by Boris Malenko. Mm-hmm. Which proves, you know, and everybody calls Boris Malenko the greatest wrestling trainer in the world, right? Well, even the greatest wrestling trainer in the world will train a bum. Uh, and it's not that Prince Diak, I'm sure he was a nice guy and I'm sure like he tried to put in the work but to me it was he got pushed too hard too quick I agree with the whole TV title run and all that uh, and then you know at one point he did a main event on uh, Nitro against Macho Man which uh I mean, Jesus Christ, you might as well have put fucking uh, Lash LaRue in the main event. Oh, Lash wasn't around this time, but uh, I mean, Lash could work better. But it's just like he, he pushed a guy too hard, too fast. He wasn't getting over. Uh, but six could work with anybody. Yeah. That's how good Sean Waltman was. And a lot of these guys that, like, could work, they, a lot of these matches on here, yes, a lot of them were to, a few of them were to enhance storyline purposes, but also you had to have, it couldn't all be competitive matches. Yeah. You had to have, you know, a, a kind of a, a guy getting a push going against a guy that wasn't getting a push. Right. That's why, you know, you had Dean yeah. Malenko working Hector Guerrero or Ultimo Dragon working Lane Carlson or Six working... Uh, Prince uh, Ayakea. Yeah, you had someone really good with someone eh. Yeah, because it's just uh, you had to get you had to have somebody in there to help get you know the main guy over. Right. Uh, what would you give this match? I mean, I thought six did really well, so I'm going to give it a uh, seven. <laughs> I thought about saying six, but what about you, Eric? I give it a seven. I I, I was impressed with uh, six here, especially right. the submission. I didn't know he had that in his arsenal. 
He just started using it. Now let's go to my favorite match on the card. The Public Enemy, Johnny Grunge, and Rocco Rock against High Voltage with very 90s names, Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage. And a tag team street fight. Yep. It was about five minutes. I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, Public Enemy was a big hit in Philadelphia from being with ECW. And exactly. And yeah. like the, the funny thing is, is that like Raging Chaos, they had gotten two victories over Public Enemy. So they figured, okay, Philadelphia, let's do Philadelphia street fight. We'll get Public Enemy over, uh, which, you know, and Raging Chaos, there were two guys that were trained at the power plant. So, you know, two good-looking kids couldn't really work that well, but boy, could they sell, like, when they got, you know, when they got hit. Yeah. Like, they had really good matches with the Steiners. Yes, they did. Uh, really good matches with the Steiners. They had really good chemistry with uh, Public Enemy. Uh, they made fucking uh, Ming and Barbarian look like a million bucks. Right. Uh, I mean, at one time, I think they even had a good match with Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. Uh, which, I mean, the most you can make them look like is a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> And about eighty of that, and about uh, eighty of that's Buff Bagwell. <laughs> but uh, no, this was fun. And then, like again, you know, Public Enemy getting, you know, getting their win back, and I give it a seven out of ten. I I would I would give it the same thing because uh, it's I funny. Like, Public Enemy, like. Uh, High Voltage really sold their asses off for him, and Public Enemy kind of getting like that mediocre push. Of, and, you know, High Voltage, you know, getting Because High Voltage was on Nitro a lot. They were always putting guys over, but that's, you know, what you call putting the work in. Yeah. Now let's go back to the other channel. Uh, Savio Vega with Crush representing the nation against a kid that might end up doing something, you never know. Uh, Rocky Maivia. This match went about 18 minutes, longest match on the card, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Ross is pretty green. Uh, Savio tried, but they, they just I think it went a little long. Yeah, and they were filling time. And too long. No commentary helped either. Because, like, they, they were having trouble in... in uh, South Africa with the commentary. Yeah. Which, if this were taped, how the hell do you have that much trouble? You have them go back in the fucking, uh, in the studio and redub it if it's fucking, if it's, uh, you know, if it's pre-taped. Right. Like, if you notice that there's an issue, go back in the studio and have them redo it. Right. Of, I mean, Jim Ross lived in Connecticut. I mean, well, everybody technically, I think, had to live in Connecticut around that time. Really? Well, I mean, like uh, the announcers and the, uh, you know, production people and all that. Right. Uh, but, like, uh, I mean, the wrestlers didn't. But, uh, yeah, like, why couldn't you just have them fucking go back into the studio and just redo it again? Or did nobody check the fucking tape? <laughs> like, was Michael Hayes getting <clears throat> high? 
You check the fucking tape? Or, you know, I mean, hell, Pritchard smoked too, so who knows what he was doing. Right. Idiot. Uh, You know, we make fun of WCW for being, you know, for being stupid and lazy sometimes. But, you know, the WWF really wasn't, you know, that much. Oh, that perfect either. No. I mean, like, if you really go back and look at it and watch the episodes, I mean, we enjoyed Nitro a lot more than we enjoyed Raw. That's because Raw was boring, and no commentary doesn't help it. Yeah. Yeah. And Hockey Talk Man doesn't do for me on commentary. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was shit. Uh, I thought this match was shit. I thought most of this Raw was shit. Yeah. And I give this a three out of ten. I would give it the same thing, three out of ten. I don't know why Lawler didn't uh, uh, why Lawler didn't go on this trip. Uh, never mind. I was gonna make <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, but I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> How did they right. choose who, who went to South Africa and who didn't? I don't know how they chose it. They just uh, they said, listen, assholes, this is what's happening. They're just like, they probably didn't even know that the tour was going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. They probably, they well, it's not that they didn't know it was going to happen. They probably didn't know that it was getting taped for TV. They probably figured it was just going to uh, be a okay. fucking house show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it seemed like a more of a house show. I, I think that's what it was supposed to be, and then they're just like, "Fuck it, we're gonna, uh, fuck it, we're just gonna go and we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna tape. You know, half of this show is gonna be put on Raw, uh, and the other, and you know, and then we'll do a couple of matches that are gonna be." tape somewhere else. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Um, all right, let's go back. Nitro. Giant and Big Al went about a minute. Big Al. Who is Big Al? He was 911 in ECW. This unstoppable guy. Uh, you know, always came in, delivered a choke slam to everybody. Uh First got hired, first came into WCW as Tombstone. Okay. Then, you know, got renamed Big Al. And, he uh, lost to the Giant in a minute. Yeah. So, well, Bischoff was basically just, I mean, Bischoff loved signing ECW guys. Yeah. Just so they could do jobs. Yeah, doing nothing with them. Yeah. That's definitely what he did here. Uh, yeah, this was like a three out of ten. Two and a half. I mean, because the, the Giant wasn't even that good at delivering the choke slam. Not yet, no. Eric? He was still green, too. He was. I give it a one. All right. Let's go back to Raw. By the way, like, we would never say this in front of Paul White <laughs> because he would probably beat all of our asses. Gold Dust and the Sultan, a.k.a. Rikishi. This was a weird gimmick. He had the Iron Sheik by his side. Uh, Goldust wins by DQ, goes about 11 minutes. I actually thought this match was kind of cool. It was cool, but it had like kind of an abrupt ending with Helmsley and uh, China coming out. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Which, why would he inter- keep interfering Goldust in matches? He beat him at WrestleMania. You should be done with him. Like, leave him alone. <laughs> Just keep stroking Sean. Better. You could have been back. He could have been backstage stroking Sean's cock. Sean's cock. <laughs> His cock. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, he could have been backstage doing that instead of coming out and doing. Well, I'm sure he would much rather do that. You know, because Sean is the only person that Triple H has had more sex with than Stephanie McMahon. Well, he's had more sex. <laughs> Sean than he has had with Stephanie. Uh, and there, okay. I haven't gotten any proof otherwise either. So, uh, But like... Can I have said so it better? Was, huh? Yeah, let Eric go. <laughs> I said I couldn't have said it better with, um, <laughs> with what you said about not the Sean part, but the other part. Yeah, uh... Well, yeah, I I didn't think you were going to insult Shawn Michaels. Uh, <laughs> you were jealous oh, no. of that. Uh, but no, like, it, the ending didn't need to happen. They could have given Goldust a clean win here. You're a clean win. Uh, I'd go six out of ten for this. I think it was I'm neither ten. clean nor a winner, my friend. I'm getting a five. What would you rate it, Uncle Fester? All right, four and a half. Hugsley. <laughs> All right. Let's go back over and get off your phone. Uh, DDP and Conan. Uh, <laughs> it goes about two minutes. DDP wins. Macho Man comes out and yells some stuff about Kimberly that's not very nice. Overall, I give this a five out of ten. I thought it was a all right match and segment. Conan being in the Dungeon of Doom was weird. It was. Uh, I mean, he was actually a better fit in the NWO. Because, you know, he kind of had that thug mentality. Thug life. Yeah. Uh, no, that was what John Cena did. Uh, no, that was word life. Oh. Idiot. Word <laughs> thug. Uh, thug life's Tupac. Go back on your phone. Uh, <laughs> I'm not on my phone. You're on yours. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I mean, this was a good match. I mean, it could have gone a few, because Conan's talented enough. It could have gone longer. Yeah, but it didn't. I know it did. <laughs> this is when, uh, this is, uh, the Kevin Green promo afterwards, right? Yeah, Kevin Green, did, uh, earlier on in the night, they did the promo with Kevin Green and Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, you know, plugging the slamboree match that they were going to have with the Outsiders and Sticks. Which all three of those guys actually were really good promos. Yeah. yeah. They were really good. Yeah, I texted those last night saying this, this is really sad seeing Kevin Green do a promo because he just recently passed last six months. Roddy was going ham. And yeah. him and Piper were having, or him and uh, Ricky were having a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, they always had a lot of fun. They're nuts. <laughs> last uh, night, they're, like, they're nuts. Yeah. But it's funny, like, now, you know, Flair cuts a promo. You don't know what the hell he's talking about. At least back then, he he made still made, like, a little bit of sense. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the only similarity between now and then, uh, you know, now and then is that, like, you know, even still to this day, Flair cuts a promo. He strips down to his boxers. Uh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, no. It, 
But Piper, you know, Piper was starting to get to be that point, get to be at that point where you really didn't understand what the fuck he was saying, yeah. but you knew it was good because you were just kind of just wrapped into it, and like you could understand like every other word. Yeah. Uh, especially if they were insults thrown at Hogan. Did anyone give this match a rating or no? Diamond Dallas Page and Conan, I would give a five. Eric? I gave it a five. All right. Back to Raw. Yay. <laughs> Mankind Invader with the great Paul Bear against the Headbangers, Martian Thrasher, about a couple years before Beaver Cleavage. Your favorite gimmick. Yeah. Well, I mean, can't really make well, you can't really make fun of the mom in Beaver Cleavage because she's no longer here. No, uh, she unfortunately passed away very young at the age, very young because of breast cancer. I almost said at the at the age of breast cancer, uh, but the cause was you know breast cancer. That's so unfortunately, you know, I'm not going to make fun of her, but damn, that was a waste. Uh, well, she was very attractive. <laughs> I understand. Uh, but, like, no, I mean, this was – Mosh and Thrasher were actually a really good team. Yeah, they were fun. Uh, Vince never really got them from what I heard. They really didn't understand. But I like the grunge kind of – it was very 90s. It was very good. Mankind of Vader, I, I, this match, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I would give this a 5 out of 10. Um, the fight with Mankind Invader at the end was kind of cool. So they really did not get along as a team, and then like I mean they were supposed to wrestle each other at WrestleMania 13, but Mick said no. And then like you know, and you know Mick has said no to a couple of different WrestleMania matches. Uh, but like I can understand Mick saying no, I don't want to work with Vader because once a guy tears off your ear, <laughs> yeah. it kind of it's just like you kind of put him on that uh, please don't let this motherfucker work with me list. Yeah. Uh, You're on that list. I'm on that list. <laughs> yeah. I've never ripped off a, a body part of Mick Foley's. Uh, how do you know what's in my date book? <laughs> I've known uh, you for eight years. Be able to read to have a date book. <laughs> I can read <laughs> comics. <laughs> Mankind Invader. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm what would you give this? Five and a half. Uh, Eric. Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to Nitro. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael, the Horseman with Deborah. Uh, go on your Deborah rant against Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry. She did. I don't think she ever. Well, she got the wrestling business as far as like getting heat. Yeah. Uh, People hated her. Yeah, but they didn't hate her because she was a bad person. They hated her because the sound of her voice shriveled penises. She was a. She was pretty. Yeah, she had a. No, she she got she got prettier because you know she had on those beauty queen dresses and all that, right? Yeah. So you couldn't really tell that she was, uh, you know, packing a couple of melons. Uh. But like. Uh, but like in the WWF when she got to be, you know, when she got there and she was always wearing uh, 
and the jacket and the blouse with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, you know, she was hot. And, yeah. You know, good. Day. Here, it was just like she talked. She was annoying. Oh, <laughs> uh, like if they would have actually done like an in-ring like interaction, I know they kind of teased it on the, on the episode. But if they would have actually done uh, an in-ring uh, something in-ring, like if her and Sherry would have like wrestled or something like that, Sherry would have killed her. Yeah. Uh, Sherry was a tough broad. Yeah, exactly. And Deborah was just tough. Well, I mean, Mongo would know more than anybody that she was tough to live with. Uh I mean, you know, how long was she married to Mongo? I think twelve longer years. Longer than Austin? Uh, uh, yeah, definitely longer than Austin. He, uh, I mean, he was uh, he was married to her for twelve years. Uh, you know, Mongo. One of the you know, a lot of people make fun of. Mongo. I mean, I don't make fun of Mongo anymore because you know they would feel like dickhead because he's battling uh, ALS. Uh, which, you know, is not nothing really to, to joke at. And it's sad that he's going through all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, and back when he was married to Deborah, he was dealing with ABS, annoying bitch syndrome. But, uh, all right, what would you give this match? Uh, <laughs> man, you really know when to cut it off. And God bless you. Uh, I would actually give it. Um, I would actually give it an eight. Really? Because I actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, mainly when Jeff and Booker were in the ring and uh, Stevie and Mongo were just in the corner scratching themselves. Uh, yeah, the four guys they were very talented and entertaining, and uh, it was fun. It was it was it was a lot of. I loved it. I give it a seven and a half. I loved it when Booker and Stevie would come to the ring and just start screaming at the camera. Yeah. And Mongo would do the same thing. Yeah, a lot of W Hogan would do the same thing. Yeah, because it, it was funny. It's just like, all right, you really don't need to get on a microphone. Just shout in the camera, which nobody really does anymore. Oh, we see them. Uh, yeah. And uh, he does it to, to where, like, you can, they don't even have the mic and the camera turned on yeah. when he does it. But, like, even Cherry's screaming at the camera. It's just like, it, it's kind of a lost art. Because that like gets you hyped up for the match. Bagwell, Bagwell was a big offender. Yeah, well, Bagwell was a big offender on a lot of things. Uh, I mean, it, you know, indecent exposure being one of them, but that's only because he got too much camera time. So it would really bitch off that should be busted for indecent exposure for giving him all that camera time. Uh, but Are you really busted for indecent exposure. No, it was, it was a different. <laughs> no, it was a joke saying that Buff Bagwell was on TV too much. Uh, I thought it was good. Eric, what would you give this? Oh, I gave it a seven. <laughs> All right, made of bed time, Baba. Let's go over to Raw. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah. Ahmed Johnson and Crush. Uh, Eric, what main event was better? Ahmed Johnson and Crush or Lex Luger and Kevin Nash? Ooh. Lex Luger and Kevin Nash. 
And I'm not a fan of Kevin Nash, as, as you know, all, all know, and this go I, I must say, shit on the guy. He doesn't like Nash. Uh, Doug, what main event was better? Uh, I would say Luger and Nash because Ahmed Johnson and Ahmed Johnson and Crush should not go 11 minutes and 30 seconds. I like this match. Better. Well, it was it was good until like Ahmed really had to put in work. <laughs> he just kept watching, and you just kept saying, "This is better than Nash and Luger." Yeah, like him doing a scissor kick, which you know he went from the front. Yeah, he, he fucking he. Went at it like, you know, Seamus does the brogue kick. Yeah. But it was supposed to be a scissor kick. Yeah. A scissor kick, you're surprised. Booker T. Well, I don't think Ahmed was watching <laughs> Nitro. I mean, he was in the ring, so he couldn't have technically been watching because uh, uh, they didn't have the technology. Really, It's not like, you know, they didn't have Apple Watches back then. So Mike Chioda couldn't have the Apple Watch and Nitro on saying, no, this is how you do the scissor kick. <laughs> Uh, is Mike Kyoto the ref? I don't know. I just pulled a <laughs> referee's name out of my ass. <laughs> He's not that old, is he? No, he was there. Was he? Mike Kyoto's been with the company since 92. Or he was with the company uh, from actually probably since the late 80s because when he got fired, he was there almost 25 years. Damn. Who's the lead referee now? Who's the lead referee now? Yeah. In WWE, I think it's uh, Charles Robinson because he's still he's the oldest. Little Nate. Oh wow. Yeah. It's either uh, Charles Robinson or John Cone. John doesn't like cones. Uh. Well. <laughs> uh. Yeah. This match sucked. Uh, Ahmed Johnson and Crush. I would give a four out of ten. Actually, no, I give it a five. I was going to say, like, it was a five, and, like, you know, you had, like, the feel-good ending, well, not, well, kind of a feel-good ending when he won. Yeah, and then Farouk kind of making that challenge after. Yeah, which, of course, that match wouldn't be held to the next month at the next thing your house. Yeah. But it was cool, him talking to him in South Africa. Yeah. What would you give it, Eric? I'd give it a two. But Farouk was the leader, right? Because they made it seem like Savio Vega was the leader. No, it was Farouk. Uh, and when did the Ross join? That, uh, that summer. He's a baby face for a little while longer. All right. Yeah. And Luger and Nash, what do we, what do we all think of that? I, th- I think it didn't last long enough. That was the only thing where the NWO kind of ruined it. Uh, I think that this WCW was kind of a highlight of them having really good undercards and a letdown of a main event. Yeah. And uh, I like both guys, but they didn't do much. So I would go 5 out of 10 for this one, too. I would, I would go 5 out of 10 for this. I mean, the main plus about this was no Hogan. Yeah. Because uh, then, you know, everybody else can shine, uh, you know, not just Hogan. Well, because, you know, Hogan, you know, Hogan shined a lot, and that's just not, cause, and not just because he's bald and the light reflects off his head. But, like, he, 
like he always hogged the, uh, the spotlight. He always had to have like four or five segments just devoted to him. Uh, but like it was kind of a breath of fresh air with no Hogan on on the TV. Yeah. 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 Like no, there was no shine on on Raw either. I mean, he was in was he any injured at the time? Yeah. Yeah. What would you give this one? I give it a five. Uh, you nasty. I give it a four. Now let's do our drum roll, our final thoughts, our ratings, and uh, which show was better. Doug, what are you rating WCW Nitro for April fourteenth, nineteen ninety seven? I would give it a seven out of ten. What would you give Raw? A five out of ten. So you enjoy Nitro better? Yes. All right, Eric. What would you give Nitro? Seven out of ten. And what would you give Raw? Two out of ten. Oh, so you thought it was shit? <laughs> yeah, I don't think having it's not more of a house show, and it didn't make sense to have to have it in two different places. <laughs> Absolutely. At least for me, it didn't make sense. So, Nitro won. So, you're not even going to give a rating. <laughs> I, I would give Nitro, even though a lot of the matches I gave like six or seven, I actually give the whole show an eight out of ten. I thought it was really good. And the Raw, I would give a five. I, I thought Nitro had the better product. I thought Nitro was better. And uh, Raw just seemed a little behind the times at that time. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's where I would go. All right, guys. This was a lot of fun. You know, if Clinton were on with us right now, he'd be fucking pissed because, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, you know, he was Team Raw during the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. But you know what? Clinton, you weren't here, and Seggy told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> so you can't defend Raw. <laughs> oh, you spit on my computer, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, gentlemen? Uh, just next week, it'll be John Cena versus Edge. Uh, well, they, well, I mean, we're not actually going to have an exclusive match on the show. But, <laughs> you uh, sure? Uh, well, you have a John Cena and Edge wrestling figure, right? Yeah. There you go. Uh, but we'll do the rivalry retrospective. There's going to be a lot to get into, and it'll, of course, be the night before or the day before John Cena's birthday, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then tomorrow, day day your I, huh? I said the day before your birthday. Yeah, but yeah, but we're not doing a show on me. We'd have to, <laughs> oh, we'd be blog <laughs> talk with ass in our asses. We would get calls from the government. Uh, uh, all right, Nitro One. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yes. <laughs> Bye, guys. Happy Easter, guys.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.